Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, I'm starting a, we're starting a series, another series, a different series, that's entitled God's Heart. God's Heart. And you know the verse of Pretty much from the Bible where it was told the king that God was looking for a man after his own heart. Because Saul would not be obedient. So he said he's going to find him somebody who's after his heart. And... I, I really believe that uh, that God has many people that's out of his heart. And I'm very thankful that we have some in here, if not all, uh, people have a heart after God. And God searches to and fro the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who are fully committed to him. And so we want to be one of those who God says, yes, I see you. You're fully committed. We want that. Uh, so we're going to talk about God's heart. And this is a foundation message. And it, we didn't have enough time to really just build on a foundation today because it's a two or three part message and we try to limit things to uh, not keep you so long. Uh, so we try to keep it around 30, 35, 40 minutes, something like that. So I'm going to just lay the foundation today and I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, excited to uh, Give the message, but also start building on it. That's that's the key thing. Start building on it, and I'm, I'm been praying and saying, God, okay, do you really want me to build on this thing right here? Do you want me to say these things? So, uh, I'm gonna just lay the foundation today, and then uh, Virgil will uh, give another message next week entitled "God's Heart," and I don't know what he's gonna give. On that, but I know I'll teach the Sunday after that, which is the third Sunday, and I'll teach the second part of this message, which is building on this great foundation that we're going to do today. Now, let's look at Matthew 23. Let's go there. Matthew 23. Let's go there because I I, I, I like I, I, my, my, my tea. This is this is really cool. I really like it. Chapter
It says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe, meant, deal, common, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the other. So some people use that to say that these are more heavier than tithing, so I don't have to tithe. But that's not what the verse is saying. And we're not talking about tithing today. We're just talking about the weightier matters. Because we can all, there's so many things in this Bible, and all of it is good. But there are some that's more weighty than others. And that's why when we start talking about God's heart, everything in this word is God's heart. If you want to know the truth, it is. But there are weightier things than just everything. Everything is weighty, but there's a weightier thing, which I want to talk about. Let's go to Samuel, 1 Samuel. And uh, in 1 Samuel, you know the story of uh, Saul. You, you know all the, all the different things. Uh, we're going to go to uh, 1 Samuel 13. Let's go there. And I want to go to verse, five, uh, verse 9. So Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. Now Sammy had told him, and, and plus the word of God told him, you do not offer the burnt offering. The priest has to do that. You don't do it. I don't care if you're a king or who you think you are. We have order. And this order is, you don't do it. But, and he told him to wait for him until he came. And he told him the number of days he, 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 he would come. And verse 10 says, as soon as he finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to greet him. And uh, to, to meet him and greet him. Now, isn't that just like God? To wait till <clears throat> the last minute. When you think he's not coming, but he's told you he's coming. And he shows up. After you do something, I do something that we shouldn't have done. And that's what Saul did. And listen to uh, the rest of it says, but Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, and these are all these excuses, because I saw that the people were scattering from me and that you did not come 
within the appointed days, but he did, just at the last minute. And that the Philistines were assembling at mishmash. Therefore, I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not asked the favor of the Lord. Sounds spiritual, doesn't it? So I forced myself. Now, now you know that's a lie, you know. And, and offered the burnt offering. Man, that was terrible, terrible, terrible song. Samuel said to Saul, you have scattered, you have, you have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandments of the Lord, your God, which he commanded you. For now, the Lord would have, would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. That's, that's, that's some powerful words there. That's some powerful words. But now, your kingdom shall not endure the Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded. Is it important? Is it, God, is, is it God's heart to, to keep the commandments, whatever he tell, tell you to do? That's, that's important. That's important. Very important. And I said, God, we need to know what the weightier matters are because, or some of them anyway, because what is happening is we can think we are doing good. We can think we're doing good because it sounds very spiritual. That if, if, if Samuel was detained for some reason, then he wants to make sure he honors God by sacrificing to God. He gets God's favor. And it sounds really good, but that's not what God commanded him to do. It's like when, when uh, he told him to destroy everything, and he kept out everything that's good and came back and said, well, it, it's, it's because we wanted to, to sacrifice to you. We wanted to show you how much we love you. No, 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 no. I didn't tell you that. I told you to destroy everything. Um, so Saul was a type of man that... He would do what was convenient for him, but not what God told him to do. And that's not a good thing. And see, I don't want us to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want you to do that. Uh, we want to be somebody that's after God's heart. That's what we want. And so the foundation today is 
through the message. The message is entitled, God's Heart is a Heart of Variety. Part one. God's heart is a heart of variety. God loves variety. He is a God whose heart is towards variety. And you say, well, but obedience is a weightier matter. Well, God's heart is a heart of variety. And I'm telling you, that is God's heart. One of them. Let's look in Genesis chapter 1. Let's go there. Verse 11. And we just laid this foundation today to reinforce through the word of God, that God's heart is a heart of variety. Yes, he's a God that wants to be obeyed. No doubt about it. Verse 11. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds, and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit after their kind. With seed in them, and it was so. You know how many types of plants and things there are in this world? I mean, it's, oh my goodness gracious. It's so many, so many, thousands and thousands of, of plants you don't see that, you know, you would think, God, we don't need all these plants. No, think we don't need all these plants. In verse 12 says that the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind, and God saw that it was good. And, and, and uh, if we had about three or four trees all over the world, I mean, you know, a lot of trees all over the world, but we don't need but three, uh, as long as, you know, you have the tree you like, of course, uh, as long as you have that one. Uh, but there are thousands and thousands of trees. And I said, God, why do we need all these trees? It would be good if we just had, you know, probably a pineapple tree. This is very sweet. Pineapple tree, that would be a good one, you know. You all like pineapple? Yeah. And, and maybe one more. What kind of tree you all like? Any kind of tree there? Peach, avocado, okay. That's three. But we had that, three trees, and he, he, he put three trees all over the world, just three. That would be enough for us to eat, you know. But now, if we were in Lynchburg, like we are, 
you can grow a pineapple tree. Right? Some trees not going to grow. It depends on the, on the climate. God is smart, isn't he? But I'm telling you, all these trees, and I know that God can do anything he wants to do. Because if, if he decides that we're going to have just one tree, that'll be enough for you. All you earthlings, you're going to have a pineapple tree. Is it possible for him to, to make a pineapple tree grow regardless of, of the climate? Absolutely. 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 But God is not a God that just want to, um, and I, I know you know it, just want to fulfill just our need. Yeah. We don't need all these vegetables, all this, these trees, but God is a God of variety. God says, I'm going to, matter of fact, he says, all earth, all things are going to speak of my glory. And it is tremendous when we look out and we say, man, I can't believe all the Vegetables and, and all the vegetation, all the trees, all over the world. I came. It speaks of of a, a great God, a great God. All creation speaks of the glory of God. All creation, everything He created, speaks of His glory. And He's a God of variety, because He. He, he, he has all these plants, all these trees, all these, everything. He didn't just make a, uh, a couple of fish and, and spread them all over the seas and everything. He, he didn't have just a couple and said, this is enough for you. Matter of fact, he could have not even, even put the shrimp and all the, the, uh, the, the ones who clean up the Florida ocean and stuff like that. He could have not done that because you can't eat it anyway. You don't supposed to look back then. They, they couldn't eat that. Um, but he put it there because he wanted to be there. Because he said, you know, um, I, want, I want to have everything to do my will. So they're going to clean up the stuff right here. All the different stuff. You think of a, a buzzer. What is good is a, of a buzzer? Do you like buzzers? Nobody. Have y'all ever tasted buzzer? Oh. But a buzzer is very useful, isn't it? Very useful. And God knew that. But he has a variety of everything. Everything. Because God loves variety. That's his heart. He has a heart of variety. He really does. Let's look in, uh, at verse 20 in the same chapter 1. Then God saw, then God said, let the waters team and swarm and, uh, of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open 
expanse of the heavens. It's so many species of birds. I don't even know how to count them because they're all over the world. Different species. God created the great sea. It says sea monster in my version, but uh, in another version it says whale, great whale. And every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm after their kind. And every winged bird has his kind. And God saw that it was good, very good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply. And fill the waters in the sea. And let birds multiply on the earth. And all these birds, all these species of fish and everything. I said, man, God, why are you doing all this? Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. You know, I'm thinking that <clears throat> there's about think, 20,000 species of these creeping things and all these kind of winged birds. 20,000. And why we need 20,000 birds, I don't know. But God's a God of variety, isn't he? 20,000 species now. Species. Why do you think this that way? Why do you think God is, is like that? And if we get to, um, is it, you, you know the, the history of God said, God said, God said all through Genesis. Yeah. And. I'm just reinforcing how God is because most people don't think that God's heart is a heart of variety. Most people don't think that as a as something that really, if you want to speak on what was God's heart, you surely wouldn't speak on variety. Most people wouldn't and I wouldn't either. But that's what he gave me as an introduction uh, to build on is that he's a God of variety. And so I want to go from there because I could keep going with God said, God said, God said, but you know that. Now, what I want to do is to say, well, you know, we know all that. God said all these things. But now, why? Why? Uh, is God's heart a heart of variety? God's his heart like that. Why would his heart be a heart of variety? 
And I ask that question, even though we know he's, he has a heart of variety, but why is that so important? You know? Could he just restrain himself from making so many birds and so many fish and so many cattle and creeping things because there are so many creeping things that I don't like. And I know it's a lot of creeping things and flying things that you don't like. Because uh, <clears throat> if, you, if you like, you know, things that, that creep and fly and, and do all those type of things, uh, <clears throat> you can get tired of that uh, because in Egypt, uh, they, they, I think they got kind of tired of all these things that uh, God created to to mess with them and tell them to leave his people alone and let them go. Well, see, God has a heart for variety. So I asked him, okay, why, why is your heart like that? Now think, if you are a creator, if you are a creator, what would you do? Create. <laughs> That's right. Create. So how in the world can God not create if he's the creator? A creator creates. That's what he does. He creates. He loves to create. He creates and he creates and he creates and he creates. And he creates. How, about the, how about the stars? You know, I didn't say God, you know, say let them. There'll be light, and then had a lesser light and a greater light, and, and had stars. Um, uh, I skipped over there. But now you think, how many stars are there? Really? How many stars are there? We're talking about the Creator now, because surely we don't need all those stars. We don't. We don't need all those stars. And you say, yes, we do, because God made them. I wonder how many stars are there. And you say, well, it's probably in the thousands. Wrong. <laughs> it's so many stars that the strongest uh, microscope or anything that you can get to see, I don't care how strong it is, it cannot Tell how many stars there are. Because I don't think it ends. Because the stars not just, you know, right here hovering around Earth. We got stars. I mean, when he said light be, it's being. It hasn't stopped. <laughs> when he decides he's going to make stars, they are stars. If you build a, a microscope, uh, whatever they, they, they check it out with, a million times what it is now, I guarantee you, there'll be more stars than that. Because he's a creator. And if all creation, because he's a creator, everything he created, if all creation speaks of his glory, how much glory does he have? <laughs> right? Oh, glory. I mean, it, his glory doesn't end, does it? So, therefore, 
if all creation speaks of his glory, then his creation is not going to end either. Not going to end either. God is a God of variety because he's the creator. And creators create. And we don't have one. He does what he is. It's like if, if I said, God, God's heart is a heart of love. Well, how much does he love? Does his love end? Can he, can he really just stop loving us? Because we don't do what he says, like Saul, and he gets tired of us, and so he stops loving us. If God is love, then God is going to love us. He's going to love us. You say, well, well if, he, if he loves us, he wouldn't, he wouldn't um, send us to hell. Well, he doesn't. We do that all by ourselves, by not accepting him. But God is a creator. Let me read, it, read it, uh, some scripture that reinforces some of these things. Because I, I want to drill, that, that's what the foundation today uh, was to do, is just drill in my people that I love. I have a heart after variety. I have a heart after variety. And if we're created in his image and in his likeness, then we're supposed to have a heart for what? Variety. Because he has a heart for variety. If he has a heart for love, we're supposed to. Have heart for love. If he loves, we're supposed to love. As he is, so are we in this world. That's how we're supposed to be, as he is. Not how we want to be, but how he, he is. So I just um, get excited about finding out more and more about God. That's what I, what, I, what I do. First Corinthians, verse 15. Let's go there. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one flesh of men and another flesh of beasts, and another flesh, of birds, and another of fish. There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one, and the body of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun and another of the uh, glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for stars different from star in glory. That's, uh, that's kind of interesting to me. If every star is different, then to me, it's, it's, it's really saying a whole lot. Yeah. That they are, they are different. 
Psalm 147, 4 and 5. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Is that possible? Is that possible for a creator to create so many stars that he can't count them? No. And he knows everyone by name, even though we can't even see them. Don't even know they exist, but he does. He's God. He's the creator. And verse 5 says, Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. Wow. Psalm 8, 4 through 8. What is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory. And majesty, you make him to rule over the works of your hand. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep, all cattle, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea. Whatever passes through the paths of the sea, man is over. God loves us. Isaiah 43, 7. The one form forming light and creates darkness causes well-being and creates calamity. Did you know that God says that? I am the Lord who does all these. He's the creator. He can create anything he wants to create. So he creates light. He creates darkness. He creates well-being. He creates calamity. He creates what he wants to create. Wow. Colossians 1, 16. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Is he the creator? He's the creator. For you formed my inward parts. You woven me in my mother's womb. Is that possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. Acts. We can go on and on and on and on about God's creativity. 
Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's one that I wanted to hit <clears throat> that uh, tells us about mankind. Because God, he does all these things. Acts 17, verse 21, 26, 20 through 28. And he made from one man every nation of mankind. Is that possible? One man. Who was the man? Adam. He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. It says, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of them. For in him we live and move and exist, as even some of you, some of your own prophets have said, for we also are his children. Now, if he made <clears throat> from one man, Every tribe, every nation in all of the earth, he made how many nations? Well, if you, if you, if you count the United Nations, the, the nations that, that, that they have, it's a hundred and think, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a hundred and ninety three. It's really 195, but three of them, uh, they are observers. They are not part of the United Nations, even though they, they observe what goes on there. But 195 nations. Now, you think 195 nations out of one man. One man. That's what, one man. Does God like variety? One man. You tell me how it's possible for one man to have all these varieties of genes and all this so that we look so different. We have so many different types of uh, body uh, physiques and stuff like that. So many hair textures, so many color eyes, and then he gives every person a different fingerprint. A different fingerprint. And it even said that it is, of all the snowflakes that fall, none of them are the same. And you think now that we have these two fellows sitting right here. David, yeah, 
and Jonathan. And, and they do not look like me. They don't even look like each other. It, I've, coached, I've taught identical twins. And, and when I was coaching, and te- when I was teaching, um, I've had identical twins, a couple of them. Um, and to me, they look just alike. And when they're younger, the parents dress them alike, and you can't tell them apart unless you know them. And they hate to be called by the other's name because they're different, and they know they're different. And so I just can't understand if you got one man, why Johnson doesn't look like me. We have different eyes. How in the world can you have somebody like me will be like him? Right? Do y'all look the same, Jonathan Day? Do y'all look the same? Y'all don't look the same. No. And why don't your eyes look like their eyes, John? I mean, if, this thing now, how can you get 195 nations out of one man. How can we do it? God is a creator, isn't he? And he loves creativity. And I tell you what, you can try it and you can live 2,000 years, the two of you. And it's no way, it's no way, none, zilch, you're going to tell me that if you live 2,000 years and could have children out of 2,000, I guarantee you, you won't have 195 nations. Somehow, you say, well, you know, because you all have children, right? And, yeah, both of you have, you all have children, okay? But they all don't look, they, somehow they don't look alike. And, and I guarantee you, flesh, flesh doesn't look like y'all. Does it? You say, yes, he does. He has his father's eyes. He has my nose. He has... Come on. If Fletcher walked in this door, you know where are you going to tell me that he looks like y'all? Because if anybody didn't know Fletcher, didn't know y'all, there's no way in the world they're going to connect the two of you. You know? I have three daughters, and they're all different. And you can tell them apart from me. You, you can tell them apart from Minerva. But we're talking about 195 nations, one person, one man. And then you throw Eve in there, those, those form from the, the rib of uh, Adam. You say, well, I don't understand it. Honestly, I don't understand it. But I know for surety that God likes variety. He has to like variety to create all this diversity in nature. He has to. And so he said, I want you to lay that foundation because when you start building on it, what's going to happen is that you're going to find out why I have a heart after variety. And so uh, I already know 
what I'm going to teach, but I can't tell you yet. Uh, but what I'll tell you is, is, is really tremendous because we have to realize that God wants us to be like him. And if he's a creator, he wants us to be a creator, you know, to create some things. And we do. Man can't help themselves. They, man has creativity in man. Is that correct? And we're talking about mankind, women and, and, and men. They have it in them. And so it's that variety that he's already put in us. He's put it in us. Uh, you, you see, uh, you know, our airplane, you say, well, how did man do that? Well, it was God who put it in man to do that. Yeah. And we can say all we want to that. Well, man kind of looked up and saw a bird. And he said, well, you know what? I want to fly like that. So, you know, we figured that's how the Wright brothers did it. You know, they see something and they want to be like the bird. So they're going to create an airplane. Well, I tell you, uh, God is a creator. There's nothing that's created that wasn't created by him for him. Nothing. So uh, is wisdom increasing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they are, they are, they are, man is creating things, and you know it comes from God. He's creating things that there is no possible way. You think of, of back when Adam, they were going, suppose they had computers. Now, when did we get computers that you can put on watches, in watches? Has that been over the last hundred years? Or just recently? Yeah. Do you realize that there are some things a hundred years from now, you'll say, I never thought it was possible. Never thought it was possible. But all things are possible through God, isn't it? All things are possible through God. So you say, well, why are you keep drilling into us that God is a creator? Because we know he's a creator, and we know he has creativity. We know that. Well, week after next, you'll find out why, why he wanted me to lay that foundation. Let's praise God for his, his unsearchable infinite wisdom that he has. We're going to receive communion and you have uh, the elements already. If you don't have the elements, just uh, raise your hand and Alicia will get you some elements if you, if you don't have any. I want you to Open your Bibles if you have a word or your electronic devices, whatever you have. What I want you to do is let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 7. in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness 
of sins according according to the riches of his glory. This is a marvelous chapter, but I wanted to just dwell on one verse in receiving communion. In whom we have redemption. Who is the in whom? In Jesus. The verses above say, uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace. When we have he made us acceptable in the beloved. And that's Jesus too, in the beloved. In whom? Speaking of Jesus. We, speaking of us, ones who've given their lives to Jesus Christ, have redemption through his blood. Redemption is it's like a, a release. It's like uh, from something. It's like also a, a freed by ransom. It's release by payment. Redemption. We have been redeemed. We have been brought back by something. And it says, through the blood, whose blood? Jesus Christ. Not the blood of calves and bulls and any such thing. It's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. He has, he has so blessed us and so loved us and still loves us and will love us continuously. And it's only because of his who he is, really. He is love. And so when I think of communion, it reflects back to me on what it says in verse 7. We have been redeemed through his blood. From what? What have we been redeemed from? We've been redeemed from, it says right here, the forgiveness of our sin. We've been redeemed from sin. The sinner, us, have been redeemed from our sin. Our past sins is their sin. And, and I'm so glad because I was so wretched. And, and when I started uh, learning about Jesus Christ and what he did, I was so ashamed of the things I'd done in the past. And 
He redeemed me from my past sin. He redeemed you from your past sin. Because I don't know about you, but I'm ashamed of a lot of things I've done in the past. A lot of things I've said. A lot of places I've gone. And still, his blood is cleansing me. Still, we can go before him and confess our sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. Is it anything that the blood can't do? Is it, you know, you think of all the sins, you think of people who've committed murder, who've done so many horrible things to people, and yet get saved in prison. And I'm sure we say, praise God. But a lot of people don't say praise God because if God were like us, we wouldn't want the person to get saved. And you say, no, nobody would like to do that. Well, one of God's prophets did, didn't he? He didn't want none of them to be saved, did he? Because they were so wretched. But God's a God of love. I'm so glad he has a heart of love. It's like he has a heart of variety. I'm so glad. And it says, according to the riches of his grace. God has a heart of grace, doesn't he? He really does. And like it says in, in, in other parts of, of Ephesians, praise the, to, to, to the glory of the grace of God. Just praise him. Just praise him. So when we receive communion today, let's think of all the things that he has redeemed us from. Oh, my goodness. He has ransomed us. It was a price of his blood. And so I want to keep that in mind as we are receiving communion, that God is so good. He's so gracious to us. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, it says, for I, for, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body. 
which the King James said broken for you, actually given for you because his body wasn't broken. They didn't break his legs or anything. Just do in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he uh, took the cup which he supped and said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this of the cup and eat of the bread, you show the Lord's death till he comes. He is coming again. Let's take of the bread. Father, we thank you for your body that was given for us, Lord. We thank you that you went to the cross, Lord, that we didn't have to go, Lord. You took our sins upon yourself, Father. You paid for our sin, Lord. We should have died, but you died, Lord, for us, Lord. And we thank you for your body. We thank you, Father. Let's partake of the body. And this is a represents the blood of Christ. Father, we thank you for the blood, your blood, which was shed on our behalf, which ransomed us, Lord. It bought us, Lord. We weren't bought with silver, gold, any such thing, Lord, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that, Lord. And we partake, remembering your death, until you come, Lord. Let's partake of it. The blood of Jesus. Let's go out before we go out singing. Um, The precious blood of Jesus. And would you lead us, Lord?
Thank you, Lord, for leading us in that. Father, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for the body of Christ, Lord. We thank you, Father, for each member of the body of Christ here in this room, here in Lynchburg, here in Virginia, here in the United States, here in the world. We thank you for every part of your body. How different we are. But we're all a part of the body of Christ. We all are loved. Even though we all are different, we all are beautiful in your sight. Because you created and you said it's good. So I thank you, Father, for what you've done. May we go in peace. May we go in meditation on your goodness, your grace, that all creation speaks of your glory. That none, none, none in Lynchburg or here or in the world will have an excuse on, on that day because all of creation speaks of your glory. All of creation, all the vastness of your creation speaks of your glory. So may the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Go in peace. Stand and, and, and say hello to somebody. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.